We have asked for and received an opportunity to talk to U.S. Congressman Dan Muser on the news line. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling in today. Good morning, Mark. I do appreciate it. Well, let's start out with your personal experience. Uh, the photograph of you shepherding people off the House floor globally circulated, and even some staunch Democrats here around here said you redeemed yourself a little bit with that that action. So there, we'll give you a feel-good thing to start out with. Some folks really appreciated that. Uh, tell us what happened last week on the House floor when you were there. Well, good morning, and uh, it's great to talk to you. Thanks for the opportunity, and, it, uh, and it's nice to be home, I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a heck of a day, as um, many saw on on TV and elsewhere through all the news outlets. Um, yeah, we went in at one o'clock. We uh, gaveled in. We were going to begin the electoral certification proceedings uh, by one forty. All heck could start breaking loose. We um, they began a debate on the Arizona electors and. Uh, the uh, Capitol Police came in and informed us that the Capitol was being overrun. Um, uh, to jump forward a little bit, they eventually moved all the members out of the floor area uh, to the chamber to a, a safer spot. They originally thought the floor uh, chamber would work for us, but it was being overrun through the uh, through the uh, speaker's lobby. And I was uh, I just hung back. I, I helped a few other members in the Capitol Police. Um, uh, bolster our door. We we barricaded uh, the main door that that a few uh, serious, um, uh, le violent individuals were were smashing through. Uh, we using all types of different tools. I saw these guys looked right in their eyes within about four feet from them. They had uh, tools, weapons, gas masks. Uh, they were they they weren't they they didn't come to uh, a Trump rally to cheer anybody on or to engage in a silent protest. Uh, these uh, these these guys were prepared for for mayhem, and um, and they they shot something through our window. And it was at that point the police officer actually said to me, he "says Hey, you got to get out of here." And I said, "Hey, I, you know, we, I, I want to continue to help." And he says, "Look, you could put well, I'm I'm the son of a police officer, so when I heard this, he said you could be putting police officers' uh, lives in jeopardy." And at that point, I said, "All right, let's 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 move out." And um, so anyway, it was uh, quite a scene. Um, some some various groups again came came prepared for mayhem. Um, it was very uh, hostile. Uh, we should certainly condemn all violence, all violence that occurs here and that occurred. <laughs> you know, got to be consistent on that, right? Uh, there was a fair amount of of rioting. Uh, we well remember this past summer uh, that some seemed to stay silent on. So it sure would be nice if we can keep a consistency re related to law and order. Uh, elected officials and, and all leaders in community and society and the media. Thank you. So that's a, yeah, so summarization. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, I really, we we appreciate that. Uh, I think you rep represented the best of Central Pennsylvania in, in the best way there. So we're very much appreciative from there. But then came the vote a couple hours later. Uh, are you surprised at the amount of pushback that you've received since you voted to not to certify Pennsylvania's electors? Yeah, you know, in the last three times that a Republican president has won the presidency. Uh, Democrats have contested and objected to states' electors. Back then, Nancy Pelosi and others called it they were standing up for democracy and, and, and speaking up for their aggrieved constituents, many of whom have been disenfranchised in this process. That was Nancy Pelosi's words in 2005. 
They spoke up in 2017. There were 31 Democrats that objected to Ohio. We, however, we're labeled as trying to undermine democracy and disenfranchise millions of voters. It's complete utter, utter nonsense. The uh, because of what occurred at, at, at the Capitol, uh, we were not. Our, our resolve remained that there were constitutional issues uh, surrounding uh, the the, uh, the the objection to uh, to the electors, and um, and I stand by it. Uh, we must build trust in our elections. Uh, we must have election integrity. Um, and and I think we're going to get a justification and a vindication. I, it is my understanding that the U.S. Supreme Court is going to take up uh, the Pennsylvania case, and I, I'm very, very certain and confident they're going to state that, yes, indeed, state legislators, only the state legislators, have the authority for the time and place and matter of elections as per Article One, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution. It's unambiguous. It's clear as can be. And that's the way it is. That's not what occurred in Pennsylvania, regardless of how they want to describe it and paint it and manipulate it and restate it. Um, changes were made during the course of the election and very close to prior uh, that were outside of statutory authority done by our Secretary of State. Now, now all that being said, whether or not that would change the election or not, I have no idea, and likely not. Okay, let's even give them that. Likely not. But we still counted votes that shouldn't have been counted. It, it, there's an inaccuracy, and it needed to be called out, and it needs to be corrected moving forward. I'm going to play a segment. I'm going to play a segment of an interview we did with uh, John Meckley, one of the local Republican leaders around here. Just a 20-minute segment of this. Shame on them for doing that, because that wasn't their intent. Their intent, and, and they bear responsibility for this, and, and partially for what happened last Wednesday. Um, their intent was to curry favor with the base of the party that is loyal to the president, plain and simple. Um, they both know, Fred Keller knows, Sam Muser knows, that the right redress was to go to the courts, and that happened. All right, so that's uh, John Meckley, a local individual who was in an interview, interview, saying it wasn't about the governor's uh, changes. This is about... Uh, <coughs> all-out support oh, yeah, look, for President look, Trump. You know what, Mark? We need to lower the rhetoric, okay, on both sides. We need to try to work together and and not necessarily unify, because I'm not sure at, at this point Democrats and Republicans can unify, but we sh must maintain a professionalism and, uh, and, a, and civility. All right? What, we, what we've seen so far from the Democrats is a response that is that is that is really the opposite of that. It, it's harsh. They're trying to place blame on not just President Trump, not just the Republican Party, not just con Republican congressional, but individual members, and then every every supporter of Trump uh, uh, somehow is uh, responsible for this. And and that's uh, that's that's um, uh, not helpful, uh, divisive, and um, completely inaccurate. What he stated. First of all, how does he? How does anybody understand what any anyone? <laughs> he knows what you're thinking. Yeah, right. No. Congressman, I I think that we need to stress the point that the Pennsylvania governor, uh, attorney general, and others in in state government, backed by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, illegally changed the rules for the election. They changed how and when 
the, the votes could be cast and so forth. They extended the period, and you are correct. Only the Pennsylvania legislature has that authority. It's very clear. But the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, which is a highly partisan court, uh, it sided with the, the governor and with the attorney general, uh, and said that because of they, they even acknowledged that under s- normal circumstances this would be improper but because of COVID well I'm sorry the constitution doesn't say if there's a national pandemic or if we're at war or whatever there are, ex- are exceptions and I, th- I appreciate you standing up for the constitution well thank you absolutely that is our, our oath of office correct and it, is, and it is not anything that should be taken lightly they, and, and they literally were moving the goalposts. And, you know, the frustration that people have as they made these changes is that the moving of the goalpost tended to benefit their side. So that, that made people a little, a little bit more frustrated. And the whole commentary that, oh, gee whiz, if, that, if the presidential election should be questioned, then your own election should be questioned. You know what? So be it. I'm not in this to, to win elections. I'm in this to, to, to do a job and to um, uh, stand up for our, our laws and our Constitution. But, but on the same note, the changes that were made mainly effectuated within the Southeast and Allegheny County, in, in, in Delaware County, in Philadelphia County. That's where the main level of, of mail-in votes came in, not, not necessarily not in my district, not in Fred Keller's district. Um, the mail-ins were primarily in the, in the Southeast, and and, uh, and Allegheny County, where when they said no signature matches, so Dan Muser could send in a ballot, and I could write uh, Santa Claus, and that would be fine. But if I showed up at a polling place and wrote Santa Claus, uh, they would question me, right? What, what sort of what sort of fairness um, is, is that? That there isn't any, and um, and you know they, they want they want to talk about intent. Why did they do that? Why did they do that then? What was their intent in not requiring signature matches and mail-in ballots? Hmm, I wonder what that might be. You know, again, we got to lower the rhetoric. The selection is over. We, um, but we, we have many corrective measures uh, to take. Um, and yes, our, our state Supreme Court is certainly no help in having an even distribution of uh of, of, of legality and, and, and lawfulness. Uh, they're quite biased, and that's uh, well known. Fast forward to this week. Vote for impeachment. You cast the no vote on impeachment. Uh, elaborate on that. I promise to give you an opportunity to uh, talk about that vote as well. Well, thanks. You know, it was a, it was a, a flash impeachment, if you will. I mean, <laughs> uh, it, it moved quickly. No hearings, no investigations, no questioning. Even of those who were been arrested, over a hundred, none of them were asked what, what, why'd you do this? What, what why'd you storm the Capitol in this way? Uh, what was your preparedness? Uh, none of that was done, and so, and so to raise the idea of impeachment, probably the most significant vote a member of Congress can make in that short period of time was clearly just a, a reaction to to make this as bad as possible for uh, for President Trump on his way out, not not to mention the fact that he's, he's leaving office within seven days, and it certainly further divides us. I mean, I, I voted no for those reasons, all right? Not necessarily the divisiveness, because you, you have your legal obligation, but I also voted for it because this whole inciting thing, look, 
we everybody knows President Trump. We've been at his rallies. I've been in the man's presence probably 20 times in the last two years. Right? He is about law and order. He is not about violent protests. His words, yeah, you know what his words were, were strong, uh, perhaps incendiary, uh, but that was certainly, you want to talk intent? His intent was not for people to go to the Capitol and rough up police, beat on police, and destroy uh, public property. That was absolutely not his intent. That's, that's the antithesis of what uh, our party and the man is about. And very sadly, very sadly, however, that was the result. So uh, we, we have to we have to accept that. We have to face that reality. We got to move on. You know, um, uh, sure, there's going to be continued discussion on this, but but we've got to be the party of the truth of telling people the truth. We've got to have we got to embrace that double standard of being those that will always tell the truth. We got to always be for law and order, and we got to have policy that is in the best interest of all Pennsylvanians and all Americans, as opposed to their identity politics and special interest uh, focus. So we we will prevail in the end. What kind of uh, reflections or soul-searching have, have you done? Uh, you, you've seen a lot of pushback from your votes, and, and you, you got a good chance today to explain why you voted and so on and how you feel about all these topics. But at the same time, you can't help but notice the division and be impacted by it. Uh, tell us about the impact that uh, this division and, and these reflections have had uh, on, on you. Yeah, there's no question, right? I mean, we all feel terrible. We all feel bad. I mean, we, we, we saw something that was uh, something we'd never want to see in, in, in America. Um, there, was, there was lawlessness. There was, there was frustration. There was, there, was, uh, serious, there was serious rioting taking place. I and mean, again, I saw them up, up, up close, and these guys had nothing but, but evil in their eyes who, who I witnessed. So we've, we've got to appreciate that there are other there are those that, that disagree with us we got to be respectful right you got to at least we can we can debate policy without making it personal and um, and maintaining respect for for all Americans um, and and so there's, there's a tremendous amount of reflection you know I mean it's hard to believe again that this happened to our capital we need to uh, uh, under, uh, face the reality of what did occur and put put together plans lower the tone you know be a little bit a little bit more, more more humble be a little bit more grateful for the great country we have and um, and and move on move, move forward uh, for the greater good give us a uh, closing statement uh, something that uh, pushes us into the positive tones on a hopeful remark we know you issued some of those this week too uh, please uh, we'll give you a closing remark well you know vice president pence uh, showed uh, a, a lot of courage along the way it was disappointing to see uh, some of the uh, temporary split between he and and, and, and the president uh, but but they're they're big boys they're professionals they're they're bringing it, it, it together and you know when you have uh, these tragic tragic events uh, as we had on, on January 6th you know Mike Pence said it best now is the time for us to come together now is the time for us to heal uh, we, we've got to avoid these actions that are going to further divide us and um, I, I hope uh, my, my, my Democrat colleagues uh, embrace that maybe on January 20th um, uh, hopefully that, that is seen as a, a turning of the page we're still going to fight for what we know is best for America, uh, but we need to do it in, in a highly uh, civil manner. 
you know, uh, related to the impeachment, even even um, uh, uh, call him president-elect Joe Biden said that he thinks the most effective means to accomplish a um, uh, a nation uh, coming together is to focus on a true, a smooth transition, not on impeachment and and further fanning of the flames. So we we need to be agreeable to that, and um, and and put America first. Well, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you calling in. You have an open mic here anytime, and so uh, we appreciate your regular visits to On the Mark. That's great, Mark. Really appreciate it. And, John, thank you very much as well. Thank you. Have a, have a, have a real good day. I appreciate you. All right. Uh, U.S. Congressman Dan Muser, 9th District. Don't know if I ever said that today, but he's a 9th District U.S. Congressman.